Yo, what's up, everyone? This is the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. What it do? This is V. I'm sorry I sound like one of those, like, um, read-off apps or something like that. But, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. It's 2023. Welcome. Enjoy yourself. This is basically the weirdest podcast series you will inevitably run into. I can attest to this. I'm pretty sure other people have like these weird noises or something else. But for me, my podcast series is different. And I attribute it to that because, I mean, it's my story. And I wrote it as such, and uh, I, I'm just appreciative of everyone vibing with it. And uh, the more and more you guys support it, uh, the more intricate it becomes. So uh, thank you guys for listening to my listeners. Uh, hit the subscribe button, let someone know about it. And um, yeah, it's, it's really this this year is winding up, and uh, I love where my imagination and just my randomness always takes me. And uh, you can find me on multi-platforms. This is basically a writer's room. And uh, I was talking about this earlier today uh, to give, you know, my son something uh, to as a legacy of something, anything, uh, just to hand to him and uh, what it would be. And uh, I didn't even know that I would be working on something uh, before he was even born uh, to do so. You can think of it as something small, but... Uh, creatively, I, I look at it as something that uh, could be limitless and quite possibly, regardless of what happens in uh, time, uh, something that, you know, humanity can always go back to and, and have a smile about. So those are the things that I've been, you know, concentrating on and uh, be looking for, what is this, in March, uh, be guest starring on a podcast. Uh, I will give you all the information, the details. And you can find me on multi-platforms doing a lot of different things. So definitely check me out and see what I'm up to. It's very curious uh, the way uh, America and generally uh, the digital world has progressed. And I'm very curious because I love science fiction. And people always, you know, jokingly say that, you know, they're nerds. Yes, I'm a big nerd, like to the 10th degree. On every aspect, you would find me, you know, watching cartoons or generally reading a comic book and playing games and stuff like this versus uh, me watching sports or something that I could predict. And uh, it's pretty much always been that way uh, since I was a youth and even hung around my homies. And uh, they would always jokingly, you know, tease me and stuff like this. But I often find that it's those things that, you know, solidify yourself as an artist uh, from the things that you like, regardless of anyone else likes it or not. And uh, I was watching, uh, what is this, an episode of Daria, and uh, anybody who knows that show, uh, <laughs> shouts out to anyone who remembers that show first and foremost, but check it, she was basically uh, had many instances in if you, re- you look at the show, it's a really, you know, uh, knock on the head, uh, proverbially at suburbia, 
and uh, the way that these cartoons depict it and make fun of, you know, on a subtle, slick way of uh, how we look at, you know, people who talk about how their lawn is and how, you know, the length of it is shit and how arbitrary and asinine certain things are within our society. And uh, she was basically, you know, talking about art and, um, you know, how people vibe with it. And uh, if you give it to someone, you know, those responses are inevitably what you go for. Um, it's not, you know, you give it to someone and, and it becomes their own meaning. And, uh, it, you know, had, they had Jane on there uh, replicating other people's arts. And uh, she was basically losing herself and her meaning in her art uh, when she tried to go back original because she was copying someone else's style. And uh, I thought that was an interesting aspect uh, or a, a real world-ism that, you know, hit and definitely went over people's heads about uh, doing certain things. And as an artist, I mean, even as a, a visual artist, you can, you know, draw something that someone has done in your own style. And I definitely have done that more often than not. But however... I attribute those things to paying homage versus me actually going out and replicating someone's style or doing something that I've seen. Uh, the realm of, you know, creativity is so large. And before I go on my super rant, uh, definitely hit the subscribe button. <laughs> okay, back to the super rant. Um, you, you definitely have to look at, you know, different aspects of how you view things so that you don't come off as, you know, a refurbished, uh, version of whatever it was that you wanted to have as a message and the messages changes uh, each year uh, each you know season uh, different people have different aspects of what they want to represent and the reasoning why I'm saying this is because it all ties into you know hearing colors to kill sounds and how the story became it, it's not so much a, a catharsis or a head trip of thinking of memories and thinking of you know that expression it goes beyond that when you're thinking of how impactful a world of you know limitless possibilities exist and I wanted that to have it as far as for the imagination to anyone uh, exceptionally adults but uh, for a younger generation to understand that creativity persists and it's not you know <laughs> like I say Rod Serling is uh, to add the suspense to my story, but it's definitely a thing that I attribute to thinking of it a lot. And to the young reader or to the young mind, uh, you definitely want to think of your story as your own and still go through it, even if you're done with the story. Uh, still repurpose it, uh, you know, refashion it. Do something uh, with the template of it, you know, when someone else asks you a question about the story and the synopsis so that, you know, you are still excited about your pieces. I, I tell people all this so that they understand their own journeys are their own. Uh, you never want to replicate someone else's, you know, uh, pinpoint, like uh, point per point, <laughs> you know, like how someone progressed as an artist because that, that was them in uncharted territories. And so you are in the same. And it's an interesting notion to have the creative freedom to have that space. For me, 
So basically what I'm reiterating is when you have that space, you have to utilize it as an artist to incorporate everything that you've already learned or, you know, have access to. It's a part of what I call inspiration. And uh, I'm like I say, I was super thankful for the people that gave me the opportunity to um, progress as an artist. I, I really, it, it, unwittingly, you know what I'm saying, like people gave me the opportunity and still pushed me towards uh, their version of what it was that they had uh, for me. But I, I mistakenly, you know what I'm saying, like did the things that I wanted to do. And as an artist, you have to develop that. I can't stress that enough of understanding the things that you love. The things that you love uh, turn into the things that you want to bring as a reflection to uh, the audience and everyone else or the people that uh, you want to read your work or the people that you want to at least see your work. And uh, what I mean by allowing someone to be an artist is... Uh, this period of time, and I talked about Fran Leibowitz um, in the last podcast, and she had this interesting notion of thinking that she was the ultimate waster of time. <laughs> and I always, you know, attributed myself as that, you know, self-titled uh, moniker. And this woman, you know what I'm saying, I had never met before, but uh, was uh, amazed by her lexicon. And her utilization of, you know, just the vocal English text that we have and, and used it in a way that was slick, you know, like as black people, we always attribute, you know, as anything that anybody has a slick talk or something that's, you know, a quick comeback. And she basically was talking about how the inspiration uh, in, was incepted or encompasses this, this revolution or this cycle of the artist presenting something and then, you know, inspiring themselves. And she went through an iconograph or basically like an imaginary pie chart of talking about artists. And she says like, yo, you can't really just go by and say like Rembrandt did this for like four hours and then spent, you know, the rest of his day kicking it with his homies and, and going to cafes and whatnot and think of that as a wasted day. You know, if he had the liberty, you know, of doing so or the expenses, then it was never a wasted day if art was made. And I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, she was talking about other artists and what she did. You know, she basically was in a, a different city and, you know, she got there. She met amazing minds and amazing individuals who, you know, did not allow mediocrity in their art form. And they always had an opinion and it was always an interesting conversation about things that you wouldn't even know of in, you know, the common uh, popular world or newspapers back in those days. But I really, you know, I look at that as my own, you know, in my own personal journey and experiencing certain things that I can't even put into words and how impactful that was for me to have those conversations with people who had unlike opinions from me, inevitably different, different backgrounds. But those are the things as an artist and I ended on the last podcast of saying like if you want to bring something if you want to have something of substance uh, experience it for yourself uh, you will inevitably you know 
the etching and the, the desire of it will bring it to you. Um, just be mindful of it, you know, what the experience is that you want. Because everything is presenting it uh, all at once. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go out into a bar and have a conversation with a rocket scientist to, you know, pick up on astrophysics. astrophysics. You can inevitably, you know, uh, talk to someone online or have a conversation. Uh, the digital world has changed many, many different aspects. And so this coming from 2023 as, you know, the framework now, in 50 years from now, I dare say it will look the same, nor will my message sound the same when it comes to inspiration and how one goes about doing so. I'm very, very curious in the next 10 to 20 years uh, the conversations that we will be having, the things that people will be upset about, uh, I'm very, very curious as to, you know, what uh, the, the whole entire, you know, spectrum will be. Um, and I call it a spectrum in the very sense of the word. Uh, you have a, a spectrum of things that have different uh, mentalities and different artists. And so... This is generally where my mind was at, and I appreciate my, my creative uh, process. And I attribute my creative process to not wasting time. Um, someone is definitely inspiring themselves if they're watching some of their favorite movies and then inevitably writing their own scripts or talking about it. And for me, uh, I watched, what was this? Uh, like I said, Daria, I watched uh, His Girl Friday earlier today. Very trippy film, uh, Cary Grant in it, and uh, I forgot the chick's name, but I'll come back to you on that one. But it was just a, a weird uh, way that they spoke back in the 19, what is this, like 40s or 30s? And it was very quick, like, <laughs> very, uh, and, you know, laced with uh, meaning. Um, none of the things that they mentioned had just... Uh, blank air it was very definitely something that was of substance so I took uh, some cues from that earlier today uh, what was the other film that I watched um, mm, it was a streetcar named desire trippy film super super trippy uh, I watched it as a kid and you know didn't appreciate it until I got older but uh, the aesthetics of the characters and how you know drama can definitely be something and uh, back in the day, me and my friends would always, you know, attribute and jokingly say that all oh, people are dramatic in this aspect. But it's always cool to have someone show you a, a, like a depth of how someone can feel, regardless of if that person thinks of those feelings or emotions of as in truth. Um, someone can definitely go into <laughs> an emotion if they feel it enough. And uh, through empathy, we see it with our eyes. And uh, you, you definitely see Martin Brando uh, in his heyday and uh, in his like 1950s gear, you feel me, uh, definitely showcasing his, um, his chops when it comes to acting. And uh, he embodied that role, actually. So I got to watch that film again. And um, uh, what is this? Um, Unbreakable or un Unbreathed? I forget. Breathless. Yes. Uh, I watched that one earlier, too. That was an interesting uh, French Impressionistic uh, era, and I had seen this film, or rather someone had talked about it before, and uh, I took the time to check the film out because it was very interesting. 
I'm always interested in like obscure uh, films that you know have like these weird scenes and you know obviously it's continued into this day and age in 2023 and you know people attribute it to independent films or just uh, you can look up on YouTube videos now but uh, just films that showcase the awkwardness or those moments that usually directors don't showcase in life uh, the waiting in line for something <laughs> for instance and not at a checkout line but just like at a check uh, or in line at like a cafe or a line at a, a bakery or something like this and someone standing there and like having a scene for like I don't know a minute and a half of just someone standing there looking at something and like Things like that, you know, where the dialogue, um, kind of the story tells of the dialogue and continues the narration. And you can take these cues as a writer, and I'll end with this, and then I'll talk about how it incorporates into my story and how it's influenced it uh, effortlessly, because I've seen these films before. But you, you take these cues from what you see, and you obviously don't copy a character you know saying you take the qualities of what it is that you like about that that character if it is their skin color their eyes whatever whatever the hell it is and then you you piece together another character that is unmistakably you know different from that uh, they can have even the same plight but as long as that character is your own uh, you can know for yourself um, unconsciously and consciously that you created this material and uh my characters in the first book i mean i'm not gonna you know toot my own horn and say it's like on a, a streetcar named desire like that's a, a super <laughs> best uh new york times bestseller pulitzer prize uh, for me uh, i definitely attributed my characters to this um as i say a cathartic uh memory loss and i'll go into the details and show you how each and every character is different but then they showcase their emotions and uh, it's really really fun and it doesn't have to be self-reflective you can just you know do your research and put yourself in someone else's shoes uh, for more than as I say like more than a month and then you would understand the different mentality of creating characters so that's basically um, the first part and I'll continue it on the beginning of Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds uh, this is V, a.k.a. Vernon English. Peace.